and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free. And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am super honored and privileged and excited to introduce our next guest to you because she has had her hand in the world's most influential brands, including Rich Dad, Poor Dad, co-writing and writing 15 books within that brand, and also Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and helping to create materials that are legacy-changing, not just here in the States, but all over the world. I really do believe that generations have been changed because of the work and the vision that our next guest has offered. In 2012, in the midst of of growing and building and loving and playing big, she had life happen and her son unexpectedly died. And it began to kind of derail her a bit. Yet a year and a half ago, she's decided that she's jumping back in the game because she is not done yet. And she's inviting us all to play big with her. So with a big welcome, I'd love to invite Sharon Lecter to the Dreamcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you. And I appreciate what you do for everybody that's watching and listening. It's um, you know, so these kinds of messages of hope and, and uh, perseverance and creating success in your life that help keep people going. As Napoleon Hill said, the power of that auto-suggestion is very important. Mm, absolutely. And one of your taglines is being the CEO of your own life. And you have always seemed to play big. You had a, a company even before you connected with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So can you tell us a little bit about where you started and how you got connected with that series? Oh, certainly. Well, I'll give you my um, my Cliff Notes version of my my life. I started off, my parents did not have college educations. My sister and I were the first ones to go to college. And we lived in, I lived in a little house between my mother's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot and car repair shop. And I was, I hated it. I just hated it. We had, my dad had rental properties that I had to help go clean between tenants. And then he also had orange groves. And so we were definitely submerged in entrepreneurship. And I 
kids for, I want to be a sophisticated professional. So I got my degree in accounting and went to Atlanta and was in, um, with one, at that time, one of the big eight accounting firms. And about the ripe old age of 25, when you know everything, I said, you know, if I'm going to work this hard, I should be working for myself, not for everybody else. And so that's when the entrepreneurial bug bit me. That was 40 years ago. So I'm still what I would, I guess you could call me a serial entrepreneur. I started building, buying and creating businesses back then. And um, we've had quite a few in the interim. And I started a woman's magazine and Again, never really, never understood playing small. I always wanted to play big. And then we met the inventor of the first talking children's book, the books that had sound strips down the side that made noise when you touched them. It's really the first electronic children's ever children ever had. And we wanted to make sure we had the new technology, but parents were, you know, who are we? Who's this company called Sight and Sound? And so we went out and we partnered with Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, because they we knew they trusted those brands. And as a result, we were able to expand that brand globally within just a few years. We went the first year we were excited to have a million in sales, but then the second it was nine million and then 23 million. And in the fourth year on our way to 52 million, we sold that company. And that's when my husband and I relocated to Arizona. And our oldest son went off to college and got into a little bit of credit card debt. And we were pretty mad at him, but I was more mad at myself because I thought I'd taught him about money. Of course, um, we didn't know there were going to be credit card companies sitting there um, enticing them as they went on to college campus, have a free free pizza, free money, free T-shirt, free money. So that was December of 92. And that's really when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy. Fast forward a few years. My husband had this guy come in. My husband is an intellectual property attorney. So this guy came in in his Bermuda shorts and flip-flops with this idea for a board game. And um, I love to tell the when I do speak to women, I say, my, I got a call from my husband said, Sharon, I met a guy today that has what you've been looking for. And I say, ladies, what would you do if your husband called you and said, I met a man today that has what you've been looking for. And um, I went to the very first beta test of the cash flow game and it was drawn on a butcher block paper with crayons and but I love the concept because it's about buying and building assets and having passive income that exceeds your expenses and that's truly the definition of being financially free that was back in 96 and he Robert wanted to sell the board game cash flow for $200 and I said well maybe you should write a brochure that kind of gives the philosophy of the board game and we said okay so we wrote a brochure and that brochure was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We never expected it to be a product in its own right. We thought our brand was cash flow, but the world said, oh, no, the brand is Rich Dad. We, then we said, well, people wanted more. So we wrote two more books. We said we'd have the trilogy, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cash Flow Quadrant, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. And then, oh, no, they wanted more. So 15 books later, and then a whole nother series of books called Rich Dad Advisors, we definitely were a publishing company as well as a game company. And we had incredible success when, you know, exploded worldwide, 100 countries, over 50 languages. And it was the right message at the right time. But when we wanted to go into something new, I'd find the greatest player. In commercials, we went to Time Life coaching, we went to find the best coaching company. So as always, my model is always to find the best player in the field and partner with them, a power of association. And in 2007, we'd been partners for 10 years, and he wanted to go into franchising. And we had been kind of 
getting not getting along for a year or two. And so it's like at that point in time, it was a great model for us. It was not a great model for the franchisee. So I made the decision to leave at the height of our success. So I tell people, sometimes you have to close a door for other doors of opportunity to open. And had I not made that decision, a few months later, I was asking myself, I was having a good old-fashioned pity party, like, what have I done? But I had a phone call, and it was from President Bush, asking to be on the very first President's Advisory Council for Financial Literacy. And I had the honor of serving both President Bush and Obama. And I wouldn't have gotten that phone call had I still been at Rich Dad. And then a few months later, and you talked about this, I got a call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. We all know what happened to the economy in tooth and share. We need to reinvigorate the teachings of Napoleon Hill because so many young people didn't know who he was. And so that's when I jumped in and wrote Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, Thinking Grow Rich for Women. And I have a new book called Success is Something Greater that's coming out in September of this year. And I would not have gotten that call had I still been at Rich Dad. So all of you watching and listening, I challenge you, is there a door in your life that you need to close so that other doors of opportunity can fly open for you? And so the kind of my company, Pay Your Family First, I started when I left Rich Dad. We have games and products that support young people and families to take control of their financial life and to create a better financial future. So, And as, as you mentioned, I lost my son in December of, of 2012. And there's nothing worse. Things that used to upset me before then, they don't upset me anymore. Um, it defines a whole new normal in life. And I realize I'm still here. And every one of you watching and listening, you're here. There's more for you to do. There are more people out there that you can impact and more people that need to hear your message. And every one of you is an expert because nobody's had your successes or your learning opportunities, and people could benefit from what you know and what you've experienced. And so the whole Play Big movement is my initiative to not just really kick myself back into action to play big again, but to share what I'm doing in an ongoing way to support each and every one of you stepping outside that comfort zone and playing big. And that's being number one in your field, living your legacy, because your legacy is created with every heart you touch every day and creating maximum impact. And so that's my new mission in life. And as we mentioned earlier, I've got a private Facebook page called Play Big Movement with Sharon Lecter. It's totally free. Just want to share with you the things that I'm doing and have an opportunity for you to connect with others because that power of association is so important, which is why I'm so honored to be with you today. So Wow, you do. You have an amazing, amazing story. And there's lots of different pieces we could kind of go down. But one of them was listening to your gut. You've said yes. And then you believed in it so wholeheartedly that you didn't just like whisper about your idea or whisper about what was happening. You went straight to the big dogs and you asked Disney and you asked Warner Brothers and you said, hey, I have something that I know will benefit you will impact the world. And then it also sounds like when your gut shifted or the spirit shifted and you're like, all right, this doesn't feel as good anymore. You said yes to that. Was that something you always were connected to? Yes, I grew up going to church. I was probably at my church three or four days a week. So, And this is part of my being is to pay attention and to listen and to really pay attention to those taps on the shoulder. That's why I think the book Outwitting the Devil is such an impactful book for me because it was something that actually Napoleon Hill wrote after he released Think and Grow Rich because even though Think and Grow Rich was a 25-year endeavor on his part, when he released it in 1937, 
he was frustrated because he says, even though people know what they're supposed to do to become successful, they don't do it. Does that feel familiar to anybody, right? And so in a few short months in 1938, he wrote Outwitting the Devil. And it was intended to address the issues of fear and how we use fear to cripple ourselves and stop ourselves in our tracks. And the title scared his wife to death. She worked for the Presbyterian College at the time. And so she forbid it to be published. So it was locked away for 73 years. And I tell you, it was incredible. I got the phone call from the foundation. It was actually the month we released Three Feet from Gold. And they sent it to me. I was only the fourth or fifth person to ever read it. I ran over to the ocean in San Diego and turned off my phone and sat there and read read it. And it really helped transform my life and my way of thinking. And I said, this has to get out. It was a manuscript typed on a manual typewriter with handwritten notes from Napoleon Hill. It was like I was in this communication with Napoleon Hill. And so I was honored to be able to annotate that and compare what he was saying in 1938 to how things are today, but without changing his words. So diehard Hill fans can read his stuff without my interference. But the goal was to really bring his teachings to that younger generation like you, who may not have known who he was. And it really has worked. The Gen Ys, the Gen Xs, the Gen Zs, they're all loving it. And it's because it makes you wake up and say, hey, it's a little in your face, but it makes you think about how you cripple yourself. You have that negative mind and that negative voice in your ear. And it even says in the book, if you think you can, you can believe that I am having a conversation with the real devil or the man-made kind. The question is, do you derive any benefit from what I share? And um, it's, it's an incredible book through that fear because he talks about different fear or failure. But I think one of the most pervasive fears we have today is fear of criticism. We're so afraid of what other people think of us that we keep ourselves from taking those steps that we need to to create success. We're afraid to step out of our comfort zone and because somebody may criticize us. And I know that you had shared with me before we started filming that you've read it. It's an incredible book and I still reread it. It is an eye opener. I remember I listened to it via Audible while I was working out and I felt like my eyes were wide the whole time because we all do still wrestle with listening to the voice of fear versus listening to the voice of truth or listening to our dreams. And what I love is that you listen to your dream, then you went all in with it. So how do we develop the confidence to dive in and be like to claim number one in our field and to go and be the CEO in our life and to, you know, decide to, to go 110% in on our entrepreneurial vision, even if we're still a little scared. Well, I tell people it's okay to be fearful, but let's turn that fear. Cause when, when you are afraid, it does one of two things. It paralyzes you. You, know, you get smaller. You, get, you, you hide in a corner. You turn the lights off, right? You're fearful. Or fear can motivate you. And by motivating you, it gives you energy to put fire in your passion to create. And so when you find yourself fearful, say, okay, let's turn this into excitement to take that next step instead of paralyzing me and holding back because that doesn't do any, anybody any good. And that's where, you know, people will often say to me, cause I'm, you know, I speak all the time and they say, well, you can't be nervous anymore. I said, yes, I get nervous. If my, whether my audience is five or 5,000, because when I'm not, then I need to stop doing what I'm doing. 
because that nervousness, that fear is because I want to make sure that I am impacting those people in that room that I've never seen before, that I can say something that's going to touch their heart. And that nervousness is my desire and my passion for helping people take control of their lives. And when I can't feel that anymore, I shouldn't be doing it because that passion, you know, just passion and fear are very close. You just need to turn that fear into energy and that energy becomes your passion. Ooh, that's so good. I often say if I weren't nervous, I'd be bored. <laughs> who, wants, who wants that? <laughs> but often we do. We stay stuck in that comfort zone. We stay bored because at least we get it. We understand it. We know the paperwork. Um, yet so many of us do feel that restlessness that Outwitting the Devil talks about. And we want more for our life. And I love that Rich Dad Poor Dad teaches us the financial lessons to really grow and kind of give us a roadmap in a path to do it. So what are some things you learned as you were growing these big multi-million dollar brands that impacted the entire world? You know, it's good to have a book on Amazon. It's an amazing to create a ripple effect that impacts everyone. So what are some of the big lessons you learned throughout those years? Part of it, I think, you know, there's there's business lessons, there's personal lessons. So first of all is to allow yourself to see the end result. Um, have that vision of what you want to create. And um, the success formula that we share in Three Feet from Goal, which was the first book that I did with Napoleon Hill Foundation, is combining your passion and your talent. So your passion for me was anger. I was angry that we weren't teaching kids about money. My talent was my background as a CPA and my background in publishing. So I could combine that. Most of us stop there. And that's why we don't create success. Because that's the innate, your background and your passion. But then it's times A, which stands for that power of association. And you and I talked briefly about the business you're in, your power of association really dictates your success. Same thing in a large corporation or a small corporation. Who's on your team? Do you have smarter people in the room than you? I hope so. And do you have larger organizations that can help you spread your message? That power of association, particularly in today's instant information, instant results world is very important. And then taking the right action. Um, many of us know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. And so taking, having that power of association, taking action, you know, if once you ask what all they can say is no, and you go to the next person, right? But if you don't ask, you'll never get a yes. And so it's very important to continue knowing and ask yourself, people that are afraid of sales, I go, you know, change the thought process from you're not selling somebody, you're serving somebody. You know that what you have can benefit them. So you're serving, not selling. So the formula is your passion plus your talent times associations times action plus F for faith, having faith in yourself, having faith that what you're doing is needed and necessary, having faith that you can truly, and that formula, when you look at it, if you know you've kind of plateaued or something, look at that. You'll find out what you still need to do. Maybe you need to go to a new networking group. Maybe you need a new company. Maybe the accountant that you've used to get you to where you are today is not the right person to take you to where you need to go. So, Study that formula to determine how you can go to that next level. But also, don't stay alone. 
if you're a, a solopreneur, young entrepreneur, get a group of other people who also want you to succeed. They can help keep your head above water when you're like treading water, getting them to encourage you and support you. Power of auto-suggestion cannot be understated. Keep feeding your mind positive things so that you can keep going in the right direction. And you know, when something negative happens, say, oh, well, what can I learn from this next? Too many of us, you know, create our mistakes into like this giant sack of potatoes that we carry around with us. We want to define ourselves. A failure is not a definition. It's a one-time occurrence and learn from it and move forward. Mm, that is an amazing, amazing view because you really can take a look at the equation, say, all right, well, what's, what am I doing well right now? What needs to be tweaked? What needs to be up-leveled? What needs to be deepened? And how can I get, how can I bust through? Because we all have glass ceilings, essentially. We all have our own kind of limit that we put on ourselves, yet we're also the only ones that can bust through it. So you've talked a lot about association and really partnering with and creating a team that not only believes in you, but maybe has also been where you are. What are some tips you have to help find people like that? Well, part of it, you know, you want mentors, but you want mentors who have been where you want to go. And there's a difference between getting advice and counsel. Everybody can give you advice. You're aunt, your uncle, your next door neighbor, the person you see in the elevator. And too many of us listen to that advice. And yet they have no experience, no knowledge, no expertise. You want to find somebody that is a true mentor who can give you counsel because they know how to open doors for you. They know how to steer you around the pitfalls and to accelerate your success. So seek counsel, not advice. And that will help speed your way to success. Hmm, that's so true. Because I think, especially if you're doing something you've never done before, um, we don't know how. And, and we like to say ignorance in this day and age is a choice, right? You really can search anything and everything. But at the end of the day, having a counsel, having someone that you can ask questions to that has been there can help give you that path so you can just get there much, much more quickly. You also mentioned sales versus service. And I feel your heart as you've created uh, these brands that have impacted the world. It seems like it's always really been about helping as many people as you can because you know, you know that you know that you know that you know. There's no wavering. There's no confusion. There's no cloudiness. There's no, I wonder if you know that this is something that people need and it will benefit them. And so tell me a bit more about how leading with that service mind can really domino effect into exploding a business. You've heard the phrase, win, lose, you know, get, it, get to a yes. When you are sales focused, you are focused on a transaction, right? So once somebody says yes, and that transaction's over, then you have to find the next person to say yes. If instead you focus on the most successful businesses solve a problem or serve a need. So if you focus on the problem you're solving or the need that you're serving, and then you establish a relationship with an individual through service, you're showing to them how you can solve their problem or serve their need, and you create a relationship. Give, 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 then ask. But when you create that relationship instead of a transaction, you create a lifetime of sales. And you create your greatest marketing tool because they're going to say something to someone else saying, Sharon, you know, you, you need to call this gal. She helped me. And that's 
so important. So always focus on the relationship of service and the sales will come. Mm. And you're right. You'll then have a client that refers people to you, that is loyal to you, that comes back to you, that trusts you. They feel like they know you. It impacts your sales reach because now you're connected with their network, even if you've never really met them. So I now want to move to your current pivot because I think a lot of times people... Uh, that have had success or even, you know, in, in my age, people, they're like, can't wait to have that retirement day where they say, oh, you know, now I just get to travel and put my feet up and I don't need to do anything anymore. And you had life happen. You you certainly could have said, you know what, I can just rest now. <laughs> and, and yet you're not done yet. So tell me a bit about that pivot and that transition to saying, all right, I, I, I want to come back and I want to play big again. Well, it was pretty boring. I think to retire, you know, when I when I started kind of cutting back, I said, "What am I going to do with myself?" I've, you know, I don't I don't ever feel like I'm working. I decided instead of retire, you know, more energy than I've had in years. I just turned um, 65 in January, so yes, I could have retired, but it wasn't any fun. And so I'm now excited about what I'm doing, excited about being able to choose what I want to do and really looking at a much bigger game and and really seeing the excitement in other people when they realize and come up with ideas about how they can play big too. You need to give yourself permission to play big. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because one of your slogans for the play big movement was number one in your field. And I've been number two for 10 years. And I think there's an element that we play safe, don't we? We don't bust through or or like boldly stand up sometimes. And so how does one go number one in their field? I'm going to challenge you to redefine your field because you're number one in a lot of people's hearts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, and I think it's true. We really are our own expert. And you said that earlier, we are number one in our field because nobody can be us. Nobody has our experiences, our love to give, our background. And when we really own it, the good, the bad, the hard, the easy, the what comes natural, and we can stand up proudly and own ourselves, we really can and will ripple effect all over the world because we will be loud and proud about it. And I feel like just like we mentioned the versus fear versus faith so many times, um, we do slink back into that fear and we, ch- we, we choose to play small. So what are some tips or tricks that you would give someone if they're like, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to play big. I want to dive all in. What are some exercises or some things that you would have them do to grow that belief muscle? Well, the first thing is what's your niche? What Define what your niche is and, and where you are in it and what you need to do to succeed. And then, again, examine that personal success equation. And it's something that um, you, everyone has the opportunity to change each and every day. The only precious resource we have is our time. And so start by doing that analysis. And we, you know, we have the opportunity. We have a, a resource that is, really helps you dive into that personal success equation, looking at that power of association with questions and exercises to help you really a- analyze where you are. And so you can get to it through my website or info at Sharon Lecter. Just email us. Um, it's an opportunity for you to have a little more self-reflection on the things and the steps that you can take 
just on the actions you should take, the powers of association, analyzing who you hang out with. Start by looking at how you spend your time. Are you spending time with people who encourage you, who want you to do well, who are pushing you to the next step? Or are you hanging out with people who are less motivated than you are and basically are pulling you back? You know, you've probably heard the exercise. You put one crab in a box and it climbs right out. You put two, neither one of them gets out because they keep pulling each other down. And when you're out there as an entrepreneur, you're taking steps into the world unknown, that path less traveled. And what happens the people closest to you, many times your own family, they see you doing something, but they're not. And so it's really them being fearful about themselves. But how do they react? They start criticizing you. You're crazy. Why are you doing that? Keep your safe, secure job. You shouldn't be doing that. Stay here. Let's just go out and play. All right. That voice. All right. That's their fear about what they're doing or not doing. Don't put a shield of protection on yourself, particularly when it comes to people you love, your family, because you may not want to get rid of them, but you can reduce the amount of time you spend with them. Because once you do create that success and you're out there, they're going to be your biggest fans. Then they're going to ask you for a loan. But (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious and true. Yes. Know who is in your corner. Yes. So I asked on my social media today, I said, oh my gosh, I get to talk to Sharon today. What should I ask her? And so I have a few questions from my social media friends, if you're okay with me asking these. This is kind of fun. They're a bit different. So one asked, in today's tech savvy world, how would a rich dad parent mentor his kids and what would he advise against? Okay. Well, number one is making sure you know what your kids are doing online. Part of the the worst thing is the unsupervised access to a lot of filth and stuff that's on the internet. And the only way you know what your kids are looking at is by monitoring it and having that conversation, having that dialogue and having times when the cell phones get put down, the screens are not in the face where you actually have eye to eye contact. Today, I'm participating from our ranch, CherryCreekLodge.com, which is in Arizona. And it is our little piece of heaven getaway completely off the grid. Our grandson was here this weekend and it was, you know, he never touched his cell phone, never, you know, he was outside fishing and horseback riding. It's, you know, it's so important for kids to understand the balance of how much time they spend on the internet and to keep that socialization skill. The other thing is, you know, understanding that those options from a standpoint of becoming experts in, in all things online gives you an expertise that so many of us need. So it's a, it's opened up an entire new field of expertise. And I'm not going to say of job opportunities, training opportunities, go out there and get a job that teaches you digital marketing, but with the idea that you can start using that skill to support yourself and maybe even start your own company doing so that you can support others in creating that success. Because again, you want to bring in the expert. You want to focus on your own strengths hire your weaknesses, but pay attention to what your children are doing and give them the opportunity to learn. Don't keep them away from the screens entirely. They need to learn the internet. They need to learn how to be successful, but know what they're doing. That's the biggest fear I have are parents who have no idea what their kids are doing Yeah, yeah. or have such a level of trust that they don't care that these kids are on the, you know, and, and it will be trouble because their minds are so impressionable. We need to know what our kids are looking at. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said. It does offer another area of expertise. My son is seven and we just got him a coding thing where he can learn how to code and he's playing that in the morning and he can learn. And and so he has a YouTube channel. He's learning how to edit videos and doing all of these things that could end up benefiting him down the road. So, we, you know, internet's not bad, right? It's just what we make it. Yeah. My grandson is 12. He started his own eBay store, came and raided my garage, um, had his old video games he sold, and he used his Christmas money to hire somebody out of Europe to create a logo for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so he entrepreneurship alive and well in his little brain. That's and cool. but yet he has, you know, he's done it and he's created his own YouTube channel to share how to play particular games. It's amazing. It's amazing what they can do. Well, and I think you can learn a lot by being comfortable on camera and with the microphone and learning, you know, how to navigate. So yes, it is. It's it's monitoring. It's being intentional. I think with all of this stuff, it's really about knowing what you want life to look like in that area and being intentional about it, even even with parenting as best as we can. Okay, a couple of questions about daily work-life balance. So what's a non-negotiable that you do every day to enjoy life, work, family, and keep it all kind of balanced? Well, in my book, Think and Grow Rich for Women, I address the concept of work-life balance, which I believe is a stupid concept. Um, I don't believe in it because I think it just turns women into worry warts. You know, we have so many aspects of our life. We have our family. We have our physical life. We have our spiritual life. We have our financial life. We have our kids. We have our business. All of those aspects come together to create who we are. And when you worry about work-life balance, that means you're spending precious time today worrying about something that happened yesterday. So if you didn't spend enough time with your kids yesterday, just make a different choice today. But my goal, and I tell people, instead of seeking work-life balance, seek living one big life, which creates work-life fulfillment. The word balance only belongs in the yoga studio or the dance studio, as far as I'm concerned, because we're always moving, we're always taking steps forward, and they always have a few steps back. But seek work-life fulfillment. And when something isn't working for you, just make a different choice moving forward. I love to share when I speak a definition that impacted me about 10 years ago. I was preparing for a speech. I looked up the definition of worry. And to worry is to pray for what you do not want. That made such a huge impact on me. To worry is to pray for what you do not want. So you're focusing your mind on a negative outcome. And if you understand the law of attraction, when you think bad things, bad things happen. Let's think champion worrier, by the way. But now when I catch myself starting to worry, I stop and I go, okay, Sharon, don't focus on what I don't want to have happen. And I retool, reprogram my brain and start focusing on what I do want to have happen. And it's actually magical. It makes life a whole lot nicer to live when you focus on the positive outcomes. And that's really, you know, when to answer your question, focus on living one big life and work-life fulfillment, not work-life balance. Work-life fulfillment. I love that. And that's in Think and Grow Rich for Women. And I think a lot of moms do have this feeling torn, you know, when we're at work, we feel like we should be with our kids. When we're with our kids, we should be at work. And we always feel like we're not 
enough in any area. And that's just a lie, just not even true. So I love that work life fulfillment. And if you feel like you want to spend time in an area that's been lacking, then do it and you can feel good about that. And statistics show I can the the percentage that children of working moms perform better than children of stay-at-home moms. And I don't have those stats on the top of my head. But if you are a working mom, you have the opportunity to show your child how to have better time management, for them to understand that you're making an investment in their future as well as yours. Share what you do and why you do it with your kids and let them participate and share. Let them participate in household chores. Um, if you have a, a job, um, if, I mean, if you have a business that you own, that's a fantastic training tool for children. Include them in your business. You even have tax incentives to do so. Let them see the results of creating an asset that generates revenue. Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple other questions from my Facebook friends here. So what is the first book that you would recommend to quickly take someone from a poor mindset to a rich mindset? Well, obviously, Rich Dad Poor Dad has proven to be, you know, seven and a half year New York Times bestseller and has impacted millions of people around the world. So I would still obviously still recommend that. But I also think so much of our mental state is controls how we think about money. Um, I created a program called Play Big Movement, and it has your money mastery course, which is seven segments that talks about taking you from being financially distressed to financially stable. And then the second part, which is a play big card, is going from financially stable to financially free. And you can find out more about that on the Play Big Facebook page or through just emailing me at info at SharonLector.com. Each segment of the Your Money course has three different videos with me. And I talk to you about the concept that I'm sharing, whether it be getting out of bad debt, understanding the power of good debt, um, understanding your credit score. Each step along the way is not just financial steps, which there are, but there's also mindset steps, how you can get yourself. Because if you have scarcity mindset, even if you make a little extra money, you may be afraid you're not going to keep it in your mindset about money as well as on your wallet. And that's a huge, huge problem most people have. If you think about lottery winners or celebrities like big um, sports stars who have all this money and then a few years later, they're, they're broke. It's because they never educated and changed their mindset about how to not just make it, but how to keep it and how to have it grow. Absolutely. You guys will put all the information to Play Big Movement and the Facebook group in uh, the show notes below. So definitely check that out. And I know you have a free offer or a gift for the listeners as well. Yes, yes, yes. I have a, a book on money, which will help you as well. It's called You and Your Money. And you go to SharonLector.com forward slash free gift. It's not one of those 10 page ebooks. This is like a 200 page book on all aspects of money, how to talk to your husband or your wife about money, um, how to thinking about retirement, how to have good debt, bad debt, credit cards, all, every aspect of money. So it's a it's a full blown book on all aspects money. Awesome. Definitely check that out too, you guys. When someone as successful as Sharon gives us tools that we can use for free, we say yes. <laughs> we say yes. We want to learn from the best. So definitely check that out. SharonLector.com slash gift or free gift. 
Um, either one. Yeah, either they'll one. both get you there. But it's forward okay. slash gift. We'll get to you. Perfect. 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 Okay. So one last question um, from my Facebook friends here. She, one of them says, so if you, like when you were a teenager, did you ever imagine that you would be where you are today? No, of course not. When I was a teenager, I was going to be a successful CPA um, and probably be a partner in the firm and get the gold watch and retire and go my merry way. My eighth grade English teacher told me I would be a famous writer. I thought she was hysterical, but um, you just never know. And my uh, house mother in my sorority in college told me that I would be a speaker on main stages. And I thought she was funny, too. So you just never know. And you just take every opportunity opportunity every one step at the time. I've never, you know, being a celebrity was never on my bucket list. It's not something that I ever pined to do. But I learned, um, you know, that if I put myself out there in that way and become more known, I can serve more people. And so that has uh, changed my focus, just like I talk about service, you know, being a celebrity helps me impact more people's lives in a positive way. And so I have embraced it. Hmm, that's so beautiful. And one thing I've learned just through chatting with you now is that when you say play big, you mean it. You went and made the connections of people that could get your message out quicker, faster, broader. You've said yes, and then you've like dug deep and bloomed. It wasn't a, a small yes. It was like a confident yes. And I think so many times we have ideas, we want something, but we maybe go, okay. And what I'm learning from you even just now is Know that you know that you know, and then go 110% loud. And and that's all we can do. The rest is up to the world. And we pivot and we learn and we, you know, we expect and we we change. But I can control how loud I am with my message. And I have seen with your experience that it pays big to do so. Pays big to play big. Like it pays off, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, particularly young women. So many, I, I don't know where it comes from, but so many women that I work with, they, they're, they're waiting for their white knight. And my biggest message to them is you are your white knight. Stand in your own power and create the success you deserve. And when you can realize that you have the, every opportunity and you are already equipped with everything you need to create success, just go for it. Well, thank you so much for your time today, you guys. All of the links and gifts and the free Facebook group, all of that will be in the show notes below. But Sharon, just know that I am so blessed that you said yes to your gut, to that intuition that you listened and you you didn't just quietly say yes, but you said yes and you did it loudly. You played big. And because you have played big, you have had a ripple effect on my life four generations and the lives of our team. So thank you. And um, you guys, if you have not read Think and Grow Rich, you need to. It's like a classic for a reason. Anything by Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil is what we talked about today. And then all of Sharon's Play Big content. Let's dive in and play big ourselves. So thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you. I loved it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big. <laughs>